<laughs> Did I scare you? Hello, you're listening to the podcast that answers the only question that matters in horror film. Did I scare you? I am your host, Jake Albrecht. And I am his co-host and little brother, Vin. How you doing today, Vin? I'm okay. All things consider. You know, I do these every time and I try to mix them up, but I'm pretty sure I said that one before. So I'm sorry, folks. Like, it's it's hard to come up with some new shit to say. You probably shouldn't get too far in your own head about it. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) For those of you who haven't listened before, this is not the podcast where my brother has an existential crisis at the beginning. What am I doing with my life? (laughs) (laughs) We'll get to it at the end. This is the podcast where we two brothers switch off picking horror movies in an attempt to scare the other one. Vinny, I selected the movie this week. What is the name of the movie I selected? You have selected... Well, actually... Our fans have suggested. I took their suggestion, though, so technically it is my selection. Okay, yeah, true, 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 true. You've selected the 1983 Mausoleum. That's right. Uh, In the last episode, we got a very lovely email from John and Chris, and they suggested this movie. And based on the movies they said they enjoyed us covering in the past, I think I had a sort of idea of what it might be. And you will have to stick around in the end to find out whether or not that uh, was true. But I had never heard of Mausoleum before. And Vinny, have you ever heard of Mausoleum? Nope. Not whatsoever. Yeah, yeah I know you haven't. I mean, you know, this is <laughs> this this just like how a... you set things up in like a broadcasting way. But yeah, no, neither of us <laughs> had ever heard of it. No, nah, this uh, is a poll. This is like one of those movies that was lost in the, you know, the times of the 80s. Yeah, now, and to be fair, John and Chris, who suggested it, were, let's not say effusive in its praise. They were quite clear that <laughs> they believed it to be a bad movie, but an entertainingly bad movie. Yeah, that so, was actually out of their first sentence when describing the movie. <laughs> yeah, normally in this part of the show, Vin, we try to, like, give a sort of setup for, like, movies to be like, oh, this is, like, what the director does, or, like, this is what the larger themes are of, like, this type of movie. I don't really have anything for this, for this movie, because I don't know any of the people involved in this, and it's not really part of any larger movement. It's just kind of a cheap 1980s horror movie. You don't know, there's nothing, like, no crazy stories about the director or any of the actors that were in it? There's some crazy stories from the IMDb trivia, but uh, I feel like most of them are it would be more appropriate to get to them within the body of the movie okay. than to discuss it beforehand. Yeah, sounds good. So, I don't know, Vin, you want to just... We could get in here. We could just we could just dive right in quicker than normal. Yeah, why not? You know, like, I feel like to do justice for John and Chris, we shouldn't dick around. Let's just get right to the meat. All right, well, let's Terry know further then. Let us get into Mausoleum. Quick question, Vin, because it's been stuck in my head all week. Have you also been thinking about Fallout Boy whenever you hear this movie because of the part in uh, 
sugar work all the way down where he's like, lying in bed is in the mausoleum. <laughs> yeah, well, no, actually, that's kind of funny that you did bring that up because I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, there's a line. No, what the thing that kept coming up to uh, my head every time I thought about this movie was, fuck, I have a real hard time spelling mausoleum. <laughs> <laughs> what parts <laughs> what parts do you have a hard time with man well every time i i try to spell mausoleum it's always <laughs> i always go m-o fuck <laughs> <laughs> mausoleum Vinny, it's maybe too early to ask this, but do you know what a mausoleum is? Yes, I know what a mausoleum is. It's a fucking, like, it's a building that houses, like, multiple, like, corpses in there instead of putting them in the ground. Okay, you know what? You did know what it was, so. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> I know what it is. I just can't spell it. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> All right, well. I'm stupid in one way, not two ways. <laughs> Spelling issues aside, uh, let's get into Mausoleum. So, there was a couple of uh, production company stuff in the beginning where I was like, this is clearly like the distribution after the fact, like they didn't have anything to do with the movie. Because the first thing is like Cinema Epoch. And I was (laughs) like, what the fuck? (laughs) Never heard of that. Yeah, and then there's an old ass Code Red releasing. And I was like, yeah, that seems right. And then we're into the movie proper, and it is all scratched up to shit, Vin. And there are green lines all over it because they did not take care of this print. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about because I watched this on Shutter and it looked pretty crisp. Oh, I'm interested to see. Maybe there will be differences in some of the other things too because I watched it on Amazon, so it's possible maybe they're working off of a different uh, a cut, like a different release. Or just a different source. Oh, it could be. That's interesting. Well, I'll, you know, the music in the beginning here, as stock as it gets. Pretty much, yep. <laughs> Classic horror movie score. They basically... All, all they, over the red blood scare title cards, which go on for minutes. Yeah, and when you say minutes, you're dragging that in it's pretty long. Yeah, like there came a point where I was like, I... Especially because I I didn't write down this down, but like the two guys who wrote this movie have like five other different credits they give themselves on this, including like cinematographer and producer. There comes a point where it's like, how much credit for this do you really want, man? I guess I don't know. The only thing that I took away from the tile cars is both their names are Bob. So I did notice that too. <laughs> so you know, you go to the set and here's like the measuring stick. Who's Robert? And then who's Bob? I was just thinking that after they wrote the movie and finished it and wrapped it, they probably went to uh, fire Ron. Ah, uh, fuck. I forgot his name. <laughs> it was a good <laughs> joke for the space. moment. God damn it. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, it's gone. Ron Crash. Livingston. There you go. Crash and burn. All right. Well, we get a few more shots of the cemetery and some palm trees. So. Let's imagine it's California. We never find out for sure. <laughs> and two women are crying at a grave. Vinny? <laughs> Do you want to talk about what's going on with the audio and their lips right away? <laughs> oh, I mean, it's clear that the voiceover work uh, for this ADR 
it's like completely out of sync. It's like the VO is a lot quicker than the actual lips that are moving. Yeah, no, it looks like the type of movie... <laughs> it looks similar to movies where it's been redubbed in English, where it wasn't recorded in that originally, except this was all English. Yeah, this is this is in no way, shape, or form like fucking... <laughs> this isn't like a Spanish, like or italian like horror movie this is completely because you can see like okay yeah those that's all english for sure but no it's it's completely out of whack have you ever gotten high and like gotten really freaked out about like movie conventions i've gotten high and have been freaked out on other things i'm just like imagining being high and watching this and being like they're saying the words but the words come later but like, why aren't they matching up? And does that give you like some sort of like major anxiety? It does a little bit. It reminds me. I got high with my wife once, and we watched Gilmore Girls, and <laughs> they talk very fast on that show. So there came a point where I was like, I literally can't understand what they're saying. They're going too fast. But I felt a palpable nervous energy coming off of the mother, and it shook me to my core. I feel like you've said this story a while ago, but you know what? Forty something episodes later, it's hard to keep up. Was it almost? Well, I got a different story. Same thing. All right, let's go with this instead. I watched the Babysitters Club movie high once. This was just on my own. Okay. And at a certain point, I was like, "Real people don't talk like this," so that also made me upset. Oh, was it like at the point where they were talking so fast? It's almost like they were speaking in tongues. No, it's just like the way they talk to each other. It was like insane. Like everyone got very mad at one of the characters for wanting to see her father <laughs> instead of being dedicated to the babysitters club. And <laughs> ride or die babysitters club. <laughs> Fuck your dad. Yeah, it just didn't make sense to me. This gotcha. has nothing to do with this movie, which I guess we should get back to now. But <laughs> all right. So the the little girl says she wants to stay with mommy, who we can presume. Uh, just got residency at the cemetery. <laughs> just got a local, you know, spot right there picked out in the graves. Pretty nice. Rent's pretty cheap. Yep. And we find out that she's going to inherit her mother's estate when she's old enough. And the daughter shakes loose of the aunt like she's Barry Sanders and then dashes through the cemetery. And her aunt cries. Her aunt cries when she's running away like she's diving headfirst into a wood chipper instead of just running through a cemetery. Yeah, she screams out, not her, not her. And I'm like, she's literally like 10 graves ahead of you, lady. And she just like gives up on her. It's like, that's like, it's over. (laughs) There's no catching that girl. She's too fast. This tale has been told. She's like she's treating her like she's like Sonic the Hedgehog. Like she's just like she's already two towns ahead of her. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to spoil anything, but let's spoil everything. Vinny, <laughs> I guess we're to understand that she's upset because her niece is running off to become a demon. Like, if you knew that that was a possibility, wouldn't you tackle that girl before she got three steps from you? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, she's so small, so it's like, you know, you just play cornerback and just fucking eliminate her. Yeah, no, and you got, like, wrap him up at the legs, like, use the proper technique, and bring her to the ground. Not, yeah, I would have imagined, but no, the aunt just kind of was just like, well, nope, she's fucked now. Goodbye. Yeah. 
So the niece gets deeper into the cemetery and she hears some voices that sound kind of like me performing Jacob Marley in high school. It's just a basic like, oh, minus the chain rattling. Yeah. And then she finds a mausoleum naturally and turns back to see steam. <laughs> no, it almost looks like that. The mausoleum is getting like an acid bath and being melted. Yeah. I, there's like a cloud of vapors there. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, is it on fire? Like, what are they portraying? <laughs> uh, yeah, it was just kind of hanging out there. It, it felt maybe like a glaucoma test gone awry. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, I, I'm glad that they try. You know, the effects of this movie, like, they could be, like, a little weird. But this was, like, the worst thing in this movie. <laughs> By far. There are lots of times where I'm like, what am I supposed to be understanding happening here? And a lot of this is me guessing because they don't have the capability to portray most of what they're trying for. They don't. But what's even weirder is the little girl's not deterred from this at all. In fact, she walks towards the, you know, steaming yeah. mausoleum. And <laughs> maybe it's they- doubled as a spa. <laughs> There's not just vapors there, Vid. There's also a very localized rain machine in front of some grating. <laughs> so you can tell it's raining in one very specific spot and nowhere else. That's yeah, pretty great. I was actually kind of like, oh, look it. There's the rain machine. I'm like, where is it exactly, though? Now I'm looking for the actual machine. <laughs> yeah. And the vapor is still swirling forever. So they must have been very proud of that. Then the rain machine gets turned off and she approaches the grating. And this mausoleum bursts open like some popcorn popping. And the door opens on its own. And the niece is bathed in green light. And there's thunder as she walks in. And it pretty much looks like a 1930s monster movie castle inside the mausoleum. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. It's all like gray stone with like a bunch of cobwebs and like candles. Was it the, what art deco, right? With that kind of like look. I don't think so, but also, I have to admit, I'm not familiar enough with Art Deco to say one way or the other. So Goth- It's very gothic. Okay, that's closer. So, she, um, there's more thunder and more green light, because everything they do in this movie, you have to do at least five times. Mm-hmm. And then she comes up on a crypt with a bunch of rats crawling on a coffin. Vinny, there's probably about a dozen rats up there. What the fuck do you think they're eating inside this mausoleum that's closed up most of the time? The corpses? <laughs> so I'm assuming that the... Long since gone. <laughs> well, you know, they're snacking pretty hard, but there's got to be something thriving and alive in that fucking casket for them to be on it. They're like, we're just waiting for our next meal. <laughs> yeah, maybe, Vin. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A guy comes in the room all hunchbacked behind the girl, and he asks her what she's doing, but then a shadow on the wall moves its hands at him, kind of like the Scarlet Witch. This causes him to shake his head in confusion and pain (laughs) as the girl stares impassively. Then he stumbles back out as the girl's eyes light up green, and the guy stumbles down the stairs outside into the cemetery, and his head is smoking. (laughs) 
He, Jake, I, all right, yes. hold on. There's a little bit to unpack with this scene. <laughs> so first of all, who is this guy? I don't, <laughs> when he came in at first, he shadow us. Like, he's like a real, like, Igor-looking motherfucker. But then when he comes to the room, like, he just looks like a dude. He's just like, oh, little girl, what are you doing here? That's... A part of me is just like, is this guy even supposed to be in the film? Is he? <laughs> he just kind of wander in off the set and saw this little girl go in the mausoleum. He's like, oh shit, I better go help this little girl. <laughs> well, unfortunate for him if that was the case, Finn. Yeah, as he's melting in the sun, his head explodes. That's right. <laughs> yeah, then the shadow starts making puppet hands at the niece, and then she walks up to the coffin. And she wipes away some cobwebs from the coffin, cuts her finger on something, and then the coffin starts opening on its own, and a clawed hand emerges from the depths. And then, Vin, we cut to black. Yeah, kind of like a Universal Monsters kind of cut away. Kind of appreciate it. All right. <laughs> Later, we were with the psychiatrist talking to Dion about treating her niece. Liana is saying her family has a history of going crazy. She has a journal to show the psychiatrist to prove it to him. He's like, this sounds like pretty much superstitious bullshit to me. <laughs> then he's like, I love the niece very much. And I'm like, oh, that's not appropriate treatment, dude. Yeah, yeah, you, you can't show favoritism like that. So, Dion is worried that the niece is starting to act just like her mother did before she died. The psychiatrist says, you do this every anniversary of her mother's death. She's a grown married woman. It's time to cut the shit. So later we can see what one presumes is the grown up niece bringing flowers to her mother's grave. And I believe it would safe to be call, call her a blonde bombshell now. Yeah. Is that what you're going to actually call her? Uh, I call her niece wife for most of this. Niece wife, okay, all right. So there's a bunch of low level rumbling on the audio track that is not on purpose here. That pretty much sticks with me for the rest of the movie. Vinny, was that on the Shutter one as well? No, not that I could tell. Oh my god! Yeah, no, it's like a helicopter always <laughs> about to take off, <laughs> just constantly. That's amazing. <laughs> So she puts some flowers down on the grave and then looks at the old mausoleum she disappeared into as a kid. She hears the howling of the ghosts again. Now, did you get a voiceover while she was walking back into the graveyard? Uh, It just says her name, right? No, like there's a voiceover explaining like this, like demonic like possession thing oh yeah the psychiatrist like goes through that i wasn't gonna get to it yet though oh okay okay it, it, i mean it's not that interesting it's just like there's a demonic possession that takes place yeah i, I got it well I, uh, yeah all right anyway it's the next note here the psychiatrist takes a book about her family down off the shelf reads something about the niece's family having a history of demon possession it's, uh, it always goes to the firstborn female in the family. So, apparently it's always triggered by entering the sacred temple in the mausoleum. Yeah, they really ought to put on that mausoleum to avoid f- having this passed down 
no girls allowed. That yeah. should just it just solve everything. Agreed. <laughs> so the grown up niece enters the mausoleum again and then wakes up on a couch with an awful floral print. Well, this is like the early eighties, so they're coming out of the seventies in fashion. Yeah, I guess I could say like at least there's no burnt orange in her living room, but <laughs> that couch is ugly, bro. There's no other way to put it. Some pastels, you know. Jesus. <laughs> so the niece asks her husband, who just came home, if he brought her home, and she he's like, You must have been dreaming. Now, outside, some swarthy-looking dude is looking at the door, and then he rings the bell, and the swarthy dude tells the husband he'll be back next week to get at that stubborn stub. And then he asks about niece wife, and then husband, uh, after the guy leaves, tells niece wife that the swarthy guy has a crush on her, and later, while they make out, the guy watches them through the window. <laughs> yeah, it's all, and he, do, he doesn't really like make it the point where he's like hiding like he's clearly seen through that window and it's almost like they're like yeah let him watch like, we're gonna really <laughs> put on a show for this gardener <laughs> so the kid as they get down the camera pans to him and he smiles so later the niece wife is coming down ready to go out dancing with her husband she's got a low-cut white dress on and then they're at the club and some blonde beard guy gets caught looking at her as they enter, and his date gets pissed about it and leaves. Yeah, yeah, he's... This guy is... This guy's a real freaking creep. Agreed. <laughs> so the husband's apologizing to his wife for not getting to spend more time with her, as the blonde beard looks on from the distance. Hmm. <laughs> and she understands, but would like to dance. So they get out on the floor, and her approach seems to be mostly shoulders, and <laughs> <laughs> and hands and duck lips. That seems to be the three main components. It's the most popular move of the 70s going into the 80s, man. Again, this is like the discos. Disco wasn't dead yet. No, it was still kind of clinging by then. Yeah. So the blonde beard watches lasciviously, and he walks off. Then the husband gets a call. So pretty much immediately when he leaves, the blonde beard cuts in <laughs> to immediately paw at Nice wife, and she shakes loose of him. He's like, what's wrong with her? Like, yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> he, he, you say, Paul, this dude literally latches onto her and grabs her. He's like, come on, baby, let's dance. I have to ask, it's not clear. Did he know the husband was going to get a phone call? <laughs> Maybe he made the phone call on the back. It was like, all right, now I got like two minutes to get back on the dance floor and try to make my move. Yeah, shoot your shot, right? Okay, well, that one was uh, an air ball, we'll say. <laughs> that one went way in the back in the stands. So, the husband comes back to tell niece wife that the contracts are ready. And it's time for them to go. Whatever and the blonde beard, you know, he's working on some business. You know, the business. Yeah, you know, movie business with contracts and meetings and what have you. <laughs> So the blonde beard watches them leave angrily. Outside, they're waiting for the valet to get their car, and blonde beard comes out. Then he bumps the husband, and they kind of bump each other with their chests a couple times, like they're gorillas. <laughs> His wife stops. She's, he's drunk. He's drunk. 
and then nothing really happens. They just got he just stumbles on. Yeah, the husband kind of wins the exchange because the guy stumbles off like through a bush into the night. Now here's what fucking disturbed me is that he's stumbling towards his car and they all just kind of watch him go. And I'm like, man, back in a time when people didn't give a fuck about when people were driving cars when they're drunk. <laughs> I was like, they're, they're aiding and abetting this guy from probably killing somebody with drunk driving. One imagines the husband would have been more than happy to intervene, Vin, had he not bumped him. At that point, he was like, well, fuck that guy. I hope he crashes. <laughs> That's such a fucked up way of thinking, though, because, I mean, if he crashes and kills somebody, they're at fault. Not me. I'm waiting for him to leave. <laughs> <laughs> what if he crashes into somebody in that parking lot and kills them while they watch? Ridiculous. <laughs> it's possible. There are people just wandering around in that parking lot. I just he starts freaking bumper car and go all over the fucking place. And they're like, he's getting close to the end, you know? Yeah, I guess. Uh... I don't know if we're supposed to understand that they're upset that he's walking off to drive drunk because, let's be frank about this, let's put our cards on the table, nobody in this is a good enough actor to convey <laughs> anything if it's not with words. I really, I, I just, I think that their look of, like, disappointment is more or less, yeah, get out of here, you fucking drunk. It seems like every look people give in this movie is like, they look on stupidly. <laughs> Yeah, that makes sense. All right, Jake, continue, because uh, some crazy shit's about to go down. I'll say, because they watch him get into his car, which will not start up. Then an old lady shouts, oh, shit, and everybody looks surprised, and the husband runs off. And then the niece wife's eyes turn green, and then we see the car is on fire. J- Vinny, <laughs> I want to specify this order for this reason, okay? okay? And for this reason alone. All right, so I'll I'll let you go then. I won't say nothing. We're supposed to interpret from this that she lit the car on fire because she's possessed. Right? Correct. Okay. This is pretty basic film language, then. They did this all in the wrong fucking order. This is how you should have done it. You see green eyes to see she's possessed. Then you show the fire, and then someone runs off. That way you say, green eyes caused the fire, now someone's intervening. They did it the wrong way. Yeah, they started with the lady saying, oh, shit. Yeah, so you're like, what's happening? And then fire, and then green eyes. And you're like, the fire caused your green eyes? <laughs> yeah, they. I I was a bit confused, too, because I was just like, oh, okay, she caused it. But what I was thrown off with by this whole entire scene, which made me laugh because, like, here's this poor drunk dude trying to open the door and the husband's trying to get him out. And he's yelling at the drunk guy, well, just open the door. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be an ass. Release yourself from this fireball. (laughs) Listen, I know you're drunk, but you're not, like, fucking incapable of opening a door. Maybe I am. (laughs) You don't know how drunk I am. I think we could get an idea of it because, unfortunately, the fire in his car lights up the fumes from his breath and it blows up. (laughs) No, so this is all right. So this is what threw me off with this whole scene is that every time they go back to the 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 lady's eyes green, it's a still shot. It's almost like it's paused 
because she's not moving, she's not breathing, she's just staring. <laughs> All right. It's that's exactly. They couldn't do it for very long because, and I got this from the trivia, the contacts hurt her eyes to the point where she was not able to see for some of the scenes they did. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Literally scratched her corneas. She was. What they didn't want to tell you is after this movie, she went horribly blind. <laughs> so try to keep your eyes peeled, Vid, because Lord knows she can't for the rest of this. <laughs> <laughs> after the car blows up, we're back at the blonde niece's house uh, during the day. Her maid is getting a grocery list ready for her. And the swarthy stump guy is outside waiting for his chance. He smiles and knocks on the door after the maid leaves and lets himself in. He asks if the husband is around. Niece's wife says, no, what do you want? And he's like, alone at last. She's like, what? And he's like, I said a cup of coffee. <laughs> as, that's a good, uh... That's a good replacement for your sentence before. <laughs> Be like, I, I'm incredibly horny. What did you say? I said I want coffee. <laughs> Similar <laughs> energy. Yeah. I said I wrote notes and said, man, Jake, this guy's very horny. For coffee, you know? <laughs> Seems that way. Now, he follows her a little too close, scaring her when she turns around. And then she ushers him back outside. But he keeps lingering before she finally slams the doors on him. Now, she tries to gather herself inside while he's out there swinging his axe away at the stubborn, stubborn stump. <laughs> he's not going to get anywhere by just hitting it directly in the middle. Yeah, that doesn't <laughs> seem like... <laughs> like, if you're going to take out a stump, you assume that, like, you're cutting sideways and then, like, you'll remove it. But he's just like, I'm going to just chop in the middle and, like, eventually it'll be wood chips. <laughs> Clearly, the directors were like, how does one remove a stump? I don't know. Just no, take, like a, take a fucking axe to it, I guess. This is a question that has plagued philosophers for generations. It's, I, <laughs> the logic does not make sense. Well, so there's the point after, while well, he's fucking chopping at this stump and doing the best he can. She gets all green-eyed and whatnot, so I'm just kind of waiting to see, like, all right, some shit's going to happen. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, man, she's going to fuck with this coffee and put cream in there because he's going to die from that, Jake, because he's lactose intolerant. I don't know. (laughs) I don't think that death is necessarily, (laughs) even for the lactose intolerant amongst us, is uh, necessarily a, a uh, an ending that's possible. I'm just saying she maybe replaced his coffee entirely with just cream, which will give him explosive diarrhea. I'd imagine he probably stopped drinking after a few <laughs> sips at least. No, he can't. She's going to force him to drink it. You know, you, you mentioned that she gets green eyes, but you didn't mention that before she does, she has to pull open her bathrobe some to reveal the sexy lingerie underneath. No, that happens after. No, no, it's before, I swear to God. No. She she takes the, she reveals more sexy lingerie, and then she turns around and has green eyes. No, 
Oh, that's interesting. And my in my cut, she she just kind of watches him for a minute, and then then she like goes away, and then the scene pans out with just watching him just do his thing for the rest of the afternoon. Well, yeah, for a while we still still swing in, and she's still green eyeing. Then we get a close up of the axe hitting the stump, and then the swarthy guy sees the doors to the house are opening and closing. And they're kind of banging away. And then there's more green eyes. And then he gets his axe ready for the doors. Then she comes out and asks him if he wants more coffee. And he's like, hey, no. Is there something going on here with this, like, door situation? She's like, no, get back to fucking work, asshole. And slams the door shut on him. I'm not paying you to look at my fucking doors. I'm paying you to swing that axe at that stump. So he wanders off looking confused. And then later we see some cuts of him doing yard work. Yeah. Putting down some soil, mowing the lawn. It gets stranger with each note, Finn, <laughs> Having his lunch on a swing while <laughs> reading a Western garden book. And then taking a nap on a dock. <laughs> and then he wakes up to some weird sound, which never gets explained. <laughs> then he's kind of filing away at his axe, sharpening it. And then we get some gratuitous nudity from the niece wife upstairs. Because she's just like, you know, hanging out breasts in the air for no reason. (laughs) And he's back at that stump again, which, you know, he said it was stubborn. He needed a nap and a lunch before getting back at swinging that axe, man. (laughs) Of which he did not look like he got anywhere. Of all the places to take a nap on the grounds of this estate. Like, who would take a nap on a dock? I don't know. I'm surprised he didn't get, like, massive sunburn. I just imagine, like, a goose, like, honking at you out of nowhere, and then you go, like, <laughs> like, falling in the lake. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. I'm sick, because it happened to me, but it's a true story. Oh, really? <laughs> no. no. Oh. So she's walking around just in a towel in her room. And then she goes to open her door and walks out to a balcony where Vinny, for some reason, a glass of wine is waiting for her. I made that note, too. I was like, whoa, that fucking glass of wine magically just appeared on. like, It's like, did we just miss a scene where she set that wine glass up on the outside and was like, great, now I'm going to go back in, strip down. Yes, we're going to play the seduction game. And now we're back out and let's get back to that wine. I know why they did it. It's because, like, if she had the glass of wine, she couldn't, like, hold the towel and also open the door. (laughs) So she's like, no, that doesn't work. We've tried it for, like, six takes. They're like, we'll just leave the glass out there. And she's like, yeah, yeah, no one will notice that. No one will start a podcast, like, 30 years from now, like, taking a close look at shit like this. Oh, my God, almost 40 years. Oh, my God. (laughs) But anyways... Uh, the swarthy guy sees her upstairs drinking her wine, and he stops swinging. Then she puts the glass down, suggestively, and then she starts tracing her fingers over herself. And she lets the towel drop, showing him what she's got going on, and uh, it's very nice. <laughs> we get a close-up of the wine glass for some reason, and then it shatters. Yeah, I don't know why. Nope, we never find out either. <laughs> No, it's not like we turn around and see her, like, look at it with green eyes or something. Yeah, although, as I'd like to point out, you do green eyes first. If you, ah, ah. 
Nobody's watched Eisenstein, I guess, huh? No. Fucking... All right, well. <laughs> Jake is progressively getting more and more annoyed at, like, basically how they filmed this movie. <laughs> I just, like, that's kind of, like, one of the first things they teach you. <laughs> but uh, she chastises him for not bringing back his coffee cup because uh, uh, they meet outside later where the niece wife has some short shorts on now. And he's like, maybe we should go look for the cup. And it turns into a guessing game of where they're going to fuck. <laughs> he's like, upstairs. And she's like, uh-uh. He's like, in the yard? She's like, no. No. He's like, the garage? <laughs> she's like, mm-hmm. It's like, why would it be the garage? I think it would be kind of funny if he looked around and he's just like, what about the couch? <laughs> It's Let's like, negotiate. My back isn't what it used to be. <laughs> Listen, he he has been swinging at that stuff from sun up to sundown because when they get back to him when he's outside, it is dark out. So I'm like, how many hours did this dude put in on swinging this axe to the stump? It would probably take that long if he kept at it the way he's going, which is a dumb way. I don't know if they ever get back to looking at, you know, oh, wait, no, the stump is still there. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> it, <laughs> the husband notices and he's mad later. <laughs> it's that fucking stump. It taunts me. It's, it's, it's like, like you oh, even... I used to be a whole tree. It's like, oh, you... <laughs> did you even put a dent in it? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's like, I see wood chips everywhere and yet. The stump has gotten no less than it was before. Looks fucking bigger, actually. <laughs> I fucking measured it. It gained three inches last night. I think that fucking tree's growing back. That's what I think. I almost spit my water out. <laughs> <laughs> so... He's okay with the garage, though, so they walk off arm with his arm around her sh- her waist and his hand on her ass. Because, you know, he likes short shorts. He sure does. <laughs> and he grabs at her right in the garage, and she kisses him back, and he and bites his lip, and then they gross make out for a while. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then she takes his shirt off and kisses his chest, and... She moans like a woman in a movie always does when they just get their shirt taken off, which is to say, <laughs> you know, <laughs> as if there was a clitoris on her neck that the shirt struck on its way over her shoulders. You take your shirt off. Uh, now you take your shirt off. Uh, all right, I'm good. I'm spent. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the only noise I ever make when my shirt comes off for sex is like, can you dim the lights more? My shirt comes off and I'm more like, oh. (laughs) Can you imagine if you took your shirt off to fuck and you were like, ooh, yes. I'm going to think I'm going to try that next time. (laughs) You're not going to have much fun after that. (laughs) So it ended as soon as it started. (laughs) They lay down after she shirt moans 
onto what appears to be a garage bed. Yeah, because, you know, they, the husband and her probably do a bunch of the fucking in that garage. I guess. I guess. And uh, they keep kissing on the bed, and then there's a blue moon outside and thunder. Then she's lying there with green eyes afterwards, with the swarthy guy complimenting her on her fucking skills. Yeah. And <laughs> he's not exactly res- a gentle talker with his pillow talk. No. <laughs> Because he's like, he's I've like, fucked a lot of women in my time. And I baby. fucked many women, some of them professionals, but you are better than even hookers at fucking. <laughs> As if she's going to be like, oh my god, thank you, sir. Wow, that is quite the compliment. Professionals, you say. Better than an escort at sex. What they do professionally. My god, and I'm just an amateur. Was this this lady from fucking Creep, creep Show 2? I wish. I love that lady. Put her in more stuff. Agreed. Petition. Get that woman more work. Yeah, come on. We'll thank her for the ride. Absolutely. So she has a respond, but he's looking for a new position to fuck in. Then he's <laughs> like, hey, hey, are you asleep? And Vidi, they don't have a reaction shot here. So there is just a still frame of her lying there while someone... Maybe not even her voiceovers that she never sleeps. Yeah, very plainly. <laughs> it's pretty hilarious. <laughs> so they're really, they're really cutting the corners on a lot of things in this movie. They sure are. <laughs> so he lies back ready to fuck again. Then he gets a claw to the face. And then like a garden trowel as well. And... Well, I don't cat. know why she needs the trowel if she's got the claws. I I was wondering the same thing. I was like, those claws definitely look like they could get the job done. She's like, well, I want to mess my nails up, so. Right, trowel it is. <laughs> she literally like probably reached over and was like, oh, there you go. It really is to me, though, like if Freddy Krueger, after he went at you with his knife fingers, like just grabbed a knife and stabbed at you. Fooled ya. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, if this doesn't get you, the fingers will. I think it would be kind of funny after she killed them. She leaned over and was like, oh, here's the coffee cup. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I found it. <laughs> then she, like, pulls it out of, like, his cut-up chest like a magician. Like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> you see what I did there? She's like, if you were alive, you'd be laughing. If you still had lungs. As he's gurgling on the ground. (laughs) (laughs) We see her silly demon mask silhouette on the walls during all this, by the way. So we'll get a good look at that later. Mm -hmm. Now her husband pulls up in front of the house and, Vinny, they own a mansion but no garage? The garage is probably on like a different... We know they own a garage, they just fucked at it. Yeah. Why not keep the car in there? Because then how are you going to have room for the bed for sex? I can't argue with logic (laughs) like that. Now, he... (laughs) Go ahead, yes. I know, I... (laughs) It's just, it's, you know, that's just, it's good logic because he parks his car twice in the driveway (laughs) and not in the garage. Nope. Now... He heads in with this briefcase and calls out for Neve's wife, finds her on the floor. 
and he is immediately ready to fuck. And Vinny, we go right back into another goddamn sex scene here. Yeah, I was like, huh, niece wife, uh, I guess she gets incredibly hot after murdering. <laughs> no, well, it's like she's trying to talk to him where she's just like, yeah, baby, I'm ready to go. I get hot after killing our gardeners. Oh, excuse me, gardener. Oh, wait, I didn't mean to say murder. (laughs) (laughs) Vinny, they dissolve out of this sex scene, but they keep on it long enough to show the husband kissing her breast. And (laughs) I just feel bad for the actress because I'm like, if you're going to dissolve out anyways, like you don't need to make this guy do that to her. You know, when they really shot this scene. Yeah, I'm assuming she probably would have had a few words where she's like, do we have to do that? And he's like, we must. He's like, I'm a fool. She's like, what was that? You got a mouthful there. You probably should, you know, unlatch before talking. (laughs) Oh, Lord. (laughs) I'm getting more of the helicopter sound here that you're not getting for any of these scenes, but... I'm sorry. <laughs> Later on, the husband hears his wife yelling at herself in another room like she's fucking Gollum. Yeah, this is the next morning. And then he finds her in the kitchen, and he asks who she was talking to. She's like, oh, it's my lover. He's in the closet. And I'm like, is that where you put the swarthy guy's body? <laughs> no, we'll find out later. <laughs> Will we, though? <laughs> no, we do. We do. We don't, throw it away. Uh, we'll get to it. <laughs> the husband has to head into the office, and she jokes again about finding her lover there, because she wants to know when he's going to be back. And then the aunt pulls up to the house, and when she goes to knock on the door, it opens itself for her, and she doesn't think anything of that, Vin. Not weird she- at all. Automatic doors. It's a mansion. Mm-hmm. And she hangs up her coat and sees the back doors are open and banging, Then she calls out for the maid, and when she goes to close the door herself, it just closes on her, and again, I would say she has a look of mild surprise, and nothing else. (laughs) Should probably be conveying a little bit of fear here. Yeah, I would at the very least feel like, oh god, somebody broke into the house. Yeah, I mean, that would be the appropriate human reaction to, oh fuck, someone's definitely in here jacking my shit. So she creeps up the stairs and calls out for Nice wife, and there is no answer. But eventually she finds her, but Nice wife's back is turned to her. And when she turns around, she sees Nice wife is actually a demon beast. Mm-hmm. Bathed in the light in, uh, well, it's like basically the same light. Hey, Jake, have you, remember that game Nightmare? Uh, yeah, it was a board game we had that was also like a television game. Yeah, you put the VHS in, and basically the gatekeeper talks to you the whole entire time while you're playing. Well, yeah, she's cast in that same light as the gatekeeper. Maybe too specific a reference for everyone, but okay, I get what you're saying. Hey, look it up. It was a fun game. Yeah. Anyways, this <laughs> wife, Demon Beast, holds out her hands and floats her on over the railing, and then she tears her open while she's still floating there. If she could do that, Vin, why is she using her hands on the swarthy guy? If she could do that, Jake, why is she making her float? Yeah, later we see her toss someone down with her floating skills. I guess I'm not getting it. 
I don't think that she's really doing. I, I just don't think she's at her potential of what her powers are. You know, I feel like she just needs to kind of work at it a little bit more. So this is like amateur work. Yeah, she probably needs to go to like Professor X's school for the gifted in order <laughs> to figure this out. So we cut to the coffin open with those rats still having a good time on it, Finn. And then later, niece wife is on the couch with the fire going, reading a magazine. And the husband comes home with flowers and apologizes for being late. And then they start making out, and I'm like, oh my god, are we honestly going into another fucking sex scene? He, so, before the sex scene, he asks her, what's for dinner? And she goes, salmon and me. And, you know... I want to make a joke so bad. No. But I'm trying to be good. No, I'm I get what you're... No, no, I'm tr- no. I'm trying to be better, folks. <laughs> boo. I'm trying to turn over a new leaf here. Boo, boo, boo. Anyways, <laughs> we cut to the husband in bed, and his wife isn't there. Then the wife is over by the windows, rocking away. <laughs> yeah. Which Vinny would actually unsettle me if it was me. I think you did it, John. Chris, I think you scared my brother. For a moment. <laughs> and then he gets up and leaves the room, and we hear the unmistakable sound of demon beeping. <laughs> demon beeping? Every time that she's the demon, it goes like, beep, 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 to, to indicate that she's possessed. No, Jake, I think that's just the smoke alarm. <laughs> <laughs> like why the fuck ever we change the batteries <laughs> can't fucking find it or it's like oh my god this isn't a smoke alarm at all it's a demon alarm <laughs> it's like that's what I'm trying to tell you beep 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 beep, beep. <laughs> then Yo. like the whole <laughs> the holy water sprinklers go off <laughs> the house has been equipped for years they just never knew how to use it like, wow, it's a good thing we brought that off this old priest. <laughs> hey. So the husband goes and calls the psychiatrist about his wife, and he's very upset about the rocking vid. Yeah, I mean, as you should be. I guess we're to understand she was in demon form, although they didn't show us that, because he's like, oh, like, she was, like, inhuman in, like, her form to the psychiatrist. And I'm like, what? Her hair just looked a little bit messy. That was it. Yeah, so... I assume that was from all the fucking she's been doing. <laughs> he fucked her to the point where her like her sex hair just made her look like a demon. Yeah, so I guess we have to imagine they couldn't afford to do the makeup too often. I guess not. <laughs> so niece wife catches him on the phone as herself, not the demon. And then he smashes up a glass real good lies about who he was talking to. Then she asks him to come back to bed, and he is skeptical. (laughs) Now, we go into Niece Wife's dreams where she's dancing at the club, and she's the little girl going into the mausoleum, then there's other stuff, more mausoleum, more people, more dreaming. You get it. Yeah. Your typical flashback of just things we've just seen. (laughs) It's yeah, it's your dental plan. Lisa needs braces. <laughs> now, part of her dream is her husband waking up and looking scared, which hasn't happened yet. So it's like, oh, that's going to happen. Now it's just a shot that they didn't use for something else. <laughs> so later, the husband is watching the wife sleep 
and he's pulling a bunch of goofy faces. Vinny, the people in this movie pull more goofy faces than even CM Punk can manage. I'm wondering if CM Punk got his acting chops from watching this movie. <laughs> yeah, he showed up on the uh, for the girl on the third floor on the first day, and he's like, I've watched Mausoleum a hundred times. <laughs> I'm good to go. These people were fucking Shakespearean. And he's like, beep, 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 beep. <laughs> That's so, our, so I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. That's our bad acting alarm going off. If I had to describe the husband's look, it would go like this. He looks like someone in a gym shower who's surprised his neighbor's <laughs> dick is that big and maybe just a little bit horrified by it. <laughs> but this is to watch his wife sleep. <laughs> Now, the next day, the husband gets into an argument with the maid about taking care of his wife. And she's like, I got to leave early today, though, because I have spiritual matters to attend to. <laughs> now, she comes upstairs and sees some green smoke and she mutters, there's some strange shit going on in this house. I laughed pretty hard. <laughs> she said it out loud. Just some strange as she sees the smoke. And then, Jake, as she sees the green smoke. The music changes to something lighthearted. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, because she immediately scurries back downstairs. And I'm like, you're right, lady. Let's not fuck with this smoke. Then she goes to catch the husband outside, but he's gone. Yeah. She's like, motherfucker. <laughs> See, he fucking got away. And when <laughs> she comes back in, she actually says, great googly moogly. Yeah. Which is and something goes, that our dad used to say all the time. Yeah, I wonder if he saw this. Get that. She gets, she gets herself a drink, and then she's ready to address this problem now. A drink. She, Jake, a drink. She has, like, five drinks. Yeah, no, she gets loaded. <laughs> and now that her sobriety is a thing of the past, she's ready to address this problem head on. So she goes back upstairs. But when she opens the door, the green smoke displeases her again. So she pretty much immediately packs her shit and she runs down the street. Vinny, this is quite possibly the smartest horror movie character I have ever seen in my life. Absolutely. This this person, dare I say, is the greatest final girl. <laughs> yeah, she's just immediately like, there's something here beyond my means and I'm not dealing with it. Good day. She's like, fuck it. I don't care if they're rich. I'm not getting... I'm, I am not equipped to deal with this bullshit. Agreed. <laughs> now, later that night, niece wife is complaining about having to see a psychiatrist to her husband. He is insistent. Now, someone calls asking where the aunt is. Niece wife's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. She'll show up later. The husband's like, hey, where'd the maid go? And she's like, yeah, whatever. She'll show up later. So seems to be a stock answer. <laughs> she yeah. doesn't. She's gone. Then the husband's worried about the stump. And his wife's like, well, you know what he's like. <laughs> he's like, yeah, he's, he's a fine gentleman that likes to read fucking agricultural books and take naps on her docks. He's like, I don't know what's going on here, but that stump's still here, and we're missing about 12 coffee cups. <laughs> She's like, we found all of them, if you know what I mean. Then she raises her hand for a high five. It's like, what is this? 
<laughs> He's like, oh, no, are you fucking in the garage again? <laughs> God damn it. Why'd I put a bed in there? <laughs> if you put a bed in the location, people are going to fuck there. <laughs> That's the law. <laughs> Now, at the psychiatrist's office, he's writing up a prescription for niece wife, and she mentions some nightmares he's having. He's like, let's try hypnosis. And she's like, that's nonsense. And he's like, listen, it's not going to work unless you fully cooperate. So she lies back on the couch. He's got a crystal on a string. He's kind of dangling back and forth in front of her. This is some basic hypnosis shit. Mm-hmm. And then she falls asleep. Then he lifts her hands and lets it drop like he's a wrestling referee checking on a sleeper hold. But... He's got to drop that shit two more times, man. Then she's out. Yeah. So the niece wife in a trance says she's staying with mommy. And she's 10 years old. And then she starts crying about how they're putting mommy in the ground. And how, how much she hates her aunt. And then she screams and starts gasping for air. Kind of throwing her eyebrows all over the place. Because again, the bad face acting. <laughs> And now she's got a deeper voice. She's like, I'm in the mausoleum. And then she gets up with green eyes and shows her gross teeth to the psychiatrist, who looks mildly concerned. He does... Uh, he's just like, this is pretty fucking normal, I guess. This is the answer that I was looking for, that's for sure. Yeah, no. <laughs> he looks like a psychiatrist might if you were like, you know, like, uh, I don't like my parents very much. And he's like, oh. That's bad. <laughs> Instead of like, oh, I see you've manifested uh, into a demon in front of me. Interesting. <laughs> I wonder what he had been like if he had interviewed the the little girl from The Exorcist, where it's like, oh, you say that my mother sucks cocks in hell. That's interesting. Very interesting. It's like, <laughs> now, is hell the new club they opened up in her neighborhood? Because <laughs> she was going to the Three Stools for that before. I'm glad she's moving up in the world, you know? That sounds like a cool, hip place. How's one get there? You die. Oh, right, right, right. You die Avenue right around the block. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Fuck you, Finn. All right. They kind of flinches a couple times like someone poked his belly. (laughs) Demon Sarah. Then he's like, listen, when I count to three, niece wife will wake up. And she lies back down. Like, what the fuck? Why does hypnosis work on this demon? <laughs> they kind of obey the laws of psychiatry, Jake. <laughs> I imagine they're getting their training in hell where they're like, listen, you pretty much do whatever, right? Like, you can float people. You can burst their head. You can fucking split open their chest. It's like, this is fucking awesome. They're like, there's just one thing, Okay. Just sit. Just the only thing, right? If anyone hypnotizes you, you gotta do whatever they say. That's like, how fucking often is that gonna come up? And then he says, you'd be surprised. Yeah. So wife's there in the psychiatrist's office, and he takes out the crystal, the demon inside's like, oh, fuck! (laughs) It's happening. It's happening. God damn it! So, anyways, she lies back down again and wakes up his niece wife. And she's like, I feel fine. And she's like... Yeah, and then he's like, yeah, you definitely are fine. He and she it. says, no more nightmares? It's like, maybe not for you, lady. He plays it off so cool. Like, 
is this safe? Should he say <laughs> something? Uh, yeah. He's like, I better let this demon thing leave my office. We just got new carpets. He's what's his plan? His plan's like, I'm just gonna let her go scot free, not tell her shit, because that thing is out of my life. Get out of my office. He has an action plan. It's talk to someone else about it. (laughs) Let someone else deal with it. So a psychiatrist calls another psychiatrist and does some very bad phone acting. Yeah. Which includes A lot of him shaking his lips before he talks. Yeah, like he's about to say something. Like, uh, it, yeah, he's it, like a lot of like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> well, that's just what I was about to say. <laughs> yeah, and then what? And then, yeah. Yeah, yeah, down the road. And then, uh, oh, fuck. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but tell me more about the book release. There's a lot of talk about <laughs> yeah. a book release here. He's like, yeah, how are you? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. It's like no, the I, first I, words out of your mouth to be like, you never could believe this, but I just saw a fucking demon. I feel like that was completely buried. I think it was the last thing he said. He he Let's went, talk about your book release for ten minutes, and then I'll tell you I'm a little bit concerned about this patient of mine. Gets to the book release and he's like, Yeah, yeah, and then I heard about the you know, the weather. The weather's supposed to be pretty nice. And yeah, yeah, did you take that vacation? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. No, that is where I got gonorrhea. The first yeah. time. No. That was a church. <laughs> right? Yeah. No, both priests. Yeah. Together? Well, in a manner... Like, one watched it first and then came in later. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, I'm not welcome back. That's correct. <laughs> okay, well, it was great talking to you. Oh, wait, I forgot to tell, tell you something. Oh, fuck. Oh, the demon. Um... <laughs> Actually, you know what? When we talk next week, I'll tell you about it. Yeah, coffee. Down at Daryl's. Yeah, right near you die. Yeah, it's right next to that club hell. <laughs> Very good for you. Uh, what the fuck were we talking about? Anywho. Anywho. He's telling the other doctor that the uh, his patient has schizophrenia that presents itself physically, which is like, um, <laughs> nope. That's, yeah, no. That's not how it works. <laughs> So the doctor is a woman listening to a recording of her doing the demon voice later. And he's describing her old demon face to the female psychiatrist. And she's like, hmm, I have some thoughts on demonic possession that's going to require some out-of-the-box thinking. Then we cut to niece wife. And then she puts in the video (laughs) of Exorcist. (laughs) He's like, I saw it. He's like, oh, okay, yeah, I get it, out of the box. She's like, I need you to jump out a window immediately. (laughs) He's like, shouldn't I get possessed first? She's like, I'll come later. (laughs) When he hits the ground, she's like, fuck, that was supposed to be first. (laughs) Well, I've caused another suicide. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? Because of how this movie's taped, Jake, she would have said... Yeah, you jump out the window. Then she goes, shit. And then he goes out the window. 
and then it doesn't even watch him go out the window. He's it just on the ground dead. It would have been him on the ground dead first, and then her being like, shit. And then her being like, oh, you go out the window. And afterwards, you'd be like, wait, what? We did it again. <laughs> like, this is what happens when you pay your editor in Doritos. <laughs> He's like, I fucking wanted Fritos, you asshole. Now I'm going to jumble up your shit. <laughs> I gave you the best edit an hour and a half could get you. So, I feel like you could have done better. <laughs> like, no, I could not. Let me rephrase. No, I would not. <laughs> All right, we cut to the niece wife standing at the window as the wind blows her cleavage open again. <laughs> Then some guy is bringing a giant plant to the house, and he rings the bell. Then she answers the door in her nightgown, and she argues with him about the plant delivery. Then she starts pulling her shirt open, saying, he should come inside to use the phone. And he's like, Jesus Christ, this is like the fourth lovely spouse I've fucked today, and only the second wife. He's like, do I have enough? And he looks at her, yeah, I got enough. <laughs> like, I got one more in me. Which way to the garage, lady? (laughs) (laughs) The garage will come later. (laughs) They head into the kitchen, and he pretty much starts going at her neck right away. She's like, make the call first. I'm like, what? And he throws a temper tantrum. (laughs) He says, no, yeah. (laughs) He gets rough with her, and then she shoves him off. And then he goes to make the phone call, and then she's got green eyes going. (laughs) Then he starts blinking as he calls. <laughs> and then he drops the phone with his ears bleeding. And then his eyeball drops out of his face because half of his face melts off. Yeah, Jake, I guess from the phone scanner style. That's what I was saying. She pulled the reverse scanners on him <laughs> instead yeah. of the phone melting. And she kind of opens her mouth slowly as the demon. <laughs> like a cat on a hot day. <laughs> I was waiting for her to do, like, the tongue thrusting in and out of her mouth like the devil from Tenacious D. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. And now, Vinny, there's a bunch of cobwebs all over the house. But I'm like, what? (laughs) Why is that part of it? And Nice Wife is upstairs rocking, uh... And also uh, going at, like, an old music box when her husband gets home. And the husband comes in. And finds a blood-covered phone. And he's like, niece wife, are you hurt? <laughs> but there's way too much blood there to not be like someone's been murdered. <laughs> so, of course, somebody, like, there must have been a loose screw on the phone. was probably yeah, when, yeah. She, <laughs> when she put the phone up to her ear. Like, that's going to be rough because she already lost her sight this week. <laughs> She's fun. down to one ear. That's and a lot of hope. So he's not freaked out about the green eyes. He knows that those contacts are fucked up. <laughs> so she's upstairs and she closes the trunk she was looking in and comes downstairs. And the husband wants to talk, but she keeps grousing that it'll have to wait till morning. <laughs> and then the next day, the two psychiatrists are talking. And uh, she tells the uh, she tells him that the possession matches everything in the diary. She's like, you have to use the crown of thorns to stop the possession. 
whatever, whatever. that means. <laughs> <laughs> the husband arrives and he meets the female psychiatrist and they break the news that his wife is possessed by a demon. Now, this is intercut with the niece and wife, with niece wife walking around a mall all dolled up. And the husband is instructed to go home and also not get too close to his wife, which is like, um, how what? can I do both? <laughs> the male psychiatrist has to go to the mausoleum to get the crown of thorns tonight. Now at the mall, the niece wife is looking at a painting in a store. The salesman tells her it's been sold already. She wants it. She doesn't give a fuck. So you know what she does, Vin? She just grabs it and she heads out of there. Well, what happens is, like, some other lady, like, asks, like, hey, how much is this? And he just kind of, like, turns around, like, huh? And then he turns back and she's gone. She's got the painting. Which I'm like, rude. He didn't even answer that other lady about how much that other painting cost. Yeah, and he does pursue her by shouting, it isn't mine! (laughs) And she gets tired of him. It's not mine to sell if it's not mine! Yeah, she gets annoyed by him, so she force chokes him (laughs) and then spins him around, floating him above the first floor before dropping his ass down. And then he gets impaled on a table below on, I don't even know what. Looks like a stalactite. I was going to say it looks like somebody like, uh, I don't know, like winnowed a a fucking palm tree into a spike. (laughs) I... You know, what surprised me about this scene is just how little the demon in her gave a fuck about just force lifting this dude and dropping him off the balcony in front of, I don't know, a whole entire mall. Hey, man, how are you going to prove it's her? She's just standing there with green eyes glowing. Yeah, that's not a fucking crime. <laughs> They're just like, well, yes, this lady is standing there in shock. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> her eyes are glowing. She's probably pretty upset. <laughs> yeah, that's how she shows her emotions. Vinny, we also get a real weird shot of some blood dripping from a finger for some reason. Yeah. Why? I don't know, but it's fucking weird as hell. Now, at home, the husband finds the new painting, and he is not happy about it. <laughs> so he slams the door to ask his wife why she's in bed at 5 o'clock. Then he thrusts the painting at her, insisting there's something wrong with her. <laughs> it's not even, like, the painting is, like, it's weird. Do but... you want to try to describe it? Yeah, yeah. So, like, the painting, it looks like... It's it wouldn't kinda... be, like, that out of place as, like, a heavy metal album cover, really. Yeah, yeah that's what I would say. It, it looks a lot like, kind of, like, something that would be on, like, Death, the band's, like, album cover. With, yeah. like, some naked chick and, like... Yeah, there's, what, like, looks like, a, a naked, centi- like, witch lady and, like, a couple of satyrs, basically. <laughs> yeah, looking at, like, some pyramid floating. So, yeah. you know, your typical acid trip stuff. Yeah, but to be fair, like, he is the age of, like, a father that would be upset about that, I guess, but... While she's sitting in bed smoking a spliff and being like, okay, dad. He's more upset about the painting than the blood on the phone. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He storms out of there, and when he leaves, she goes all wide-eyed at the painting, and a bunch of blood starts coming out of the woman in the painting size, and then... Later, she goes down to the kitchen, 
and the husband apologizes for being mad about the painting. He's just kind of having lunch, which if I had found out my wife was possessed by a demon that day, I don't think I'd be like, ooh, better get a snack in the kitchen, though, in the meantime. <laughs> He's like, all right. Now, they told me to go home but avoid the demon. So, like, how do I do this? Huh? I think I'm going to go make myself a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. That'll definitely help me out. <laughs> yeah. And then later, it's like, no, no, demons love peanut butter. She smelled it a mile away. <laughs> how about just the fluff? No peanut butter. So, after he apologizes for being mad... He breaks a plate and calls her Susie, which, Vinny, I hate to break my rule, but it is important. Yeah. And she gets mad because she doesn't like that nickname. It's like her name's basically, it's Susan, right? Yeah. And then she smashes some plates, too, in anger, and he kind of gulps at her, and it is fucking hilarious. Yeah, because he's just like, he's like, I'm just trying to help you out. She goes, oh, yeah, we'll help this. And she takes the whole stack and just smashes them on the ground. Yeah, that's accurate. That's what happens. It's awesome. Then he, like, you know, goes and grabs a broom and tries to clean up. Then she starts smashing the glassware. Then he, then she tries to break the records. And he's like, Jesus, hold on. Like, I'm, I'm trying to help. She's <laughs> like, help? Oh, help this. And she grabs a coat rack and, like, puts it through a window. <laughs> He's like, oh, shit. He t picks up the phone and, ow! Oh. And she picks up the cat and she throws it to the ground and it shatters. And he's like, what? <laughs> Reality is broken. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> oh, man. Back at the, the psychiatrist is driving through the night. To, he's kind of remembering the demon growl at him, which is like, okay, that's not necessary. Yeah, it's he can't he can't get it out of his head. It's fucked up. Now back at the house, the husband is looking for niece wife, and he finds her taking a bath, and she invites him over. And he's got his hand on his neck, like, oh, jeez, oh, they told me to stay away. But he comes over and sits by her, and she gets up out of the bath, kissing him and moaning all of a sudden, like she's got her shirt coming off. Yeah, it's just kind of funny because it's just like how how easily this man forgets that my wife is possessed. That's yep. that's bad, but tits, that's good. <laughs> Boobs until demons. <laughs> they make out for longer than necessary, and then we cut to the cemetery again. There's a thunderstorm now, and the psychiatrist has arrived. Then we cut back to them still moaning and making out. And Vinny, I have seen less sex in some porns. <laughs> and then when he's kissing her neck, she gets green eyes because she notices that the dock is creeping up on the mausoleum. And then he goes to grab the door. When he does, he pulls the handle off. And then the husband starts bad moaning, which is yeah. a change of pace for him. Right, because it's like he's like, geez, honey, you know, uh, I like a little nibble on the neck. and that's That's fine and all, but... I didn't realize that you can bite me on my neck and the chest at the same time. Yeah, because his wife is a demon now, but also her breasts have turned into two tiny little demon faces <laughs> that chewed his uh, chest open. Yep. That's demon pretty cool. boobs. <laughs> I was like, okay. Okay, movie. That's not bad. <laughs> You're like one for the plus side on this one. Continue. 
<lacht> ja. <lacht> so he falls over. He's crumpled. And he's he's got this look on his face, Jake, that I mean I I it's it's tremendous. He looks like Matthew McConaughey, just kind of like just lazily just looking. <laughs> yeah. And there's no music on the soundtrack with Vinny. You know what there is for me on this Amazon print of this? Helicopter noise. It's just that helicopter roar, it's just going. <laughs> Now, the doc is back uh, with the horn in the car, and he gets out and heads into the house. Then he creeps around looking for her with no music on the soundtrack. Then he heads outside and gets jump-scared by a cat in the bush. So, I guess the pieces reassembled themselves after the shattering. (laughs) Then he walks back inside because he knows the jump-scare is over now. (laughs) He finds the husband all massacred in the bath, and eventually he hears niece wife singing to a doll with her open trunk with the green light coming out of it upstairs and she's kind of slamming the doll around into it which yeah. i don't know why she's like aggressively playing with it it's almost like she's like asked the director like okay well, what am i supposed to do here and he's like just play with the doll creepily and she's like well, what was that supposed to be and he's like i don't know you do whatever you want with it so she starts tearing the limbs off it's like no no too creepy <laughs> He's like, this is the moment where my cocaine high has crested into your words being indecipherable. So whatever you're asking me, I don't know. Figure it out yourself. (laughs) She's like, he's like, I know. Yeah, but that's just the way it's going to be for the next hour. (laughs) He's like, until my dealer gets here and I can take another bump and really sort shit out. Everybody do whatever you feel like. So. <laughs> the doctor takes a sweet ass time climbing the stairs. Yeah. And eventually uh, she cries out screaming. The doctor finds her brushing aside a bunch of plastic. <laughs> the doctor finds her and he's brushing aside like plastic pieces to get at her. And then he looks around the room and uh, all the cobwebs. Yeah. And then when he. <laughs> He turns back, his hand is covering his mouth because she's acting like a little girl now, calling him uncle. Did you she's not like, did you not see the dead body that was hanging out in the attic, Jake? Nope. Yeah. That's what I was saying. That was that's the dead groundskeeper. She hid his body in the attic, covered in cobwebs. Hmm. Not the closet then. Yeah. All right. I, well, that's the, I, I thought it was funny because I was like, holy shit, those spiders must have saw the dead bodies and were just like, oh, fuck. All right. Well, better cover this shit up real good. He <laughs> said, Jesus, lady, you don't see us coming to your place and fucking making a mess. And then they're like, oh, wait. You don't think we're... it would be happy? <laughs> One time I walked outside a doorway and there was a cobweb or like a spider web there that like my face went through. And, like, my first thought was, like, ew. But, like, my second thought was, like, fuck, that's an ambitious spider. I, yeah. He's a guy who's, like, I'm not going to fucking, like, scam my way through flies for the rest of my life. I'm going to catch <laughs> one Cuban. I'm going to live like a goddamn king. I'll be sucking blood out of that thing for years. I, I just like to think that spiders, you know, out of instinct are, like, a canopy. Canopy and open like doorway area perfect 
you know, flies come in and out. Nothing can go wrong. And then a human breaks through it, and they're like, son of a bitch, it took me fucking hours to make that thing, you piece of shit. It's like, well, unfortunately now I'm tired enough to starve to death. <laughs> you see the spider in the corner shaking its fists. <laughs> yeah, all eight of them. <laughs> then it's like, uh-oh, uh! <laughs> But it's okay, Vin. It was hanging out by the web thread. Anyways, um, yeah, right. Little girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She says her husband has been working too hard. That's exactly how she delivers that line. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Apparently, we find out the house was her parents when she was little, which I'm like, oh, okay. And she's like, I think that's why mommy died, because she couldn't live without her husband. The psychiatrist says, no, it was the possession that killed her. Then he puts the crown on her. Then she growls, and we get some, let's call them interesting to solve, shots of her face contorting, because Vinny, the face is supposed to be shifting in between her face and the demon's face, right? It's supposed to be constantly morphing, but they can't afford that. Like, they can't come up with that. So what did they do, Vin? They spliced the face into two different two different pieces of film, and they just kind of move them around against each other. They just keep shifting them in and out with, like, just complete, just endless groans from the demon. And I'm like, ha, ah, now the mescaline's kicking in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this lasts a solid two minutes. Yeah. yeah just moving it's frames around. <laughs> And I'm like, they must be real proud of this because they just keep doing it. Like, this is going to be someone's screensaver one day. Now, after this, she's a gross demon dripping a bunch of goo, holding up her hands like, what have I become? Yeah, she's turned into one of those trolls from Ernest Scared Stupid. She does look very similar <laughs> to that. Then she, does Vinny, is that a horror movie? I'll have to look into it. I think it is. See you next Halloween. <laughs> yeah. uh, then she falls on the ground and turns back into niece wife, or should I say niece widow. Update, it's family comedy. There's more than that. We'll get to it. The demon in the <laughs> the demon's back in the mausoleum with the crown heading back to the coffin, and the demon is slowly making its way to the coffin. And then the doctor and niece widow are going through the mausoleum as thunder and lightning going off. And the demon is laying on the edge of the coffin. And the doctor is telling Niece Widow, she's the one who released this thing. She has to take care of it. It's her demon. So, Vinny, get the hammer ready. <laughs> it's my Hey, it's my demon. I got to take care of it. Start from the feet. <laughs> Standard, start the ankles, work your way up. <laughs> Say no more. I got this. Start with the toes. When you break every single one, <laughs> then you may continue. <laughs> she heads towards the demon who's looking at her like, man, help a demon out, bro. And she grabs the crowd off the ground and lifts it up shakily. And this is sort of intercut with Niece Widow as the little girl version of herself putting the crowd on the demon. And then it just like lies down while she's crying and whimpering like ridiculously. And none of it matching the lips, of course. <laughs> And then I the just, coffin. <laughs> Go ahead. She doesn't even put the crown really on. She's about to, and then the demon like 
just lazily lays back down the coffin. I'm like, wow, it just gave up. It has <laughs> it's fun. Like, close enough. It's like neighborhood rule in like baseball. It's like, yeah, you were there. Good enough. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. It's all good. So the coffin lid slides over the demon, and Niece Widow turns back to the doctor, not crying anymore. Then he takes his coat off and puts it on her. She's like, I don't understand. And he's like, I'll explain it to you later. And she's like, where's my husband? And he's like, uh, yeah, later with that too, then. And it cuts to him in the bathtub just still sitting there. <laughs> the fucking same look on his face. It's like the faucet dripping on his dead body. It's like, boit, 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 boit. <laughs> now... <laughs> the rats are still chilling on the coffin as the green fades to red and then the doctor and niece widow were outside we see a good shot of the neighborhood around the cemetery which includes a pretty low rat looking moving company <laughs> and then in one shot the doctor heads over to the cemetery and tells an unseen person not to let anyone in the mausoleum he's like this is your father's charge as it is yours then when he drives away we see it's the swarthy guys sitting there smelling flowers and he smiles at the camera, and he laughs. Okay. <laughs> he laughs. And he just keeps he... laughing. Because <laughs> he's laughing because we're all like, we're all laughing together at this point, Jake. We're like, yeah, this is pretty stupid. <laughs> he's like, I know, right? I'm supposed to be dead. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what? <laughs> like we saw, like, yeah, my brain. Desperately tried to make sense of this at the end by being like, well, we didn't see how he died, so I guess that. And I was like, no, wait, you know, we did. Yeah, you got the trowel to trowel. the face. Yeah, the trowel. So I was like, what the fuck? What is this supposed to mean? They're just like twist endings, question mark. And they didn't get to that part in the book, so they were like, yeah, fuck it. Just bring someone back. Who cares? That's what I said. The coke ran out, so they were like, all right, we're at the twist ending. So he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... Uh, bring back the uh the the groundskeeper guy, and they're like, "What? They're like, why? The guy who brought the flowers?" And they're like, "No, not that one. Oh, no, oh, he's dead. He's melted. His face is melted. Uh, but the groundskeeper, he got the trowel. Ah, uh, it's ah, uh, fucking whatever. Maybe he's bringing care. the trowel back, like they needed for the garden tomorrow. <laughs> All right. So, anyways, <laughs> Vinny, that is the end of Mausoleum. Uh. I'm the one who suggested this movie. It falls on me to ask you the eternal question. Vinny? Wait, wait, no, Jake, we should leave this up to, to John and Chris to ask. So, oh, wait, they're not here. All right, go on, continue. Yeah, and as I said, I'm the one who picked it. I don't know, what the fuck? Anyways, <laughs> Vinny, did I scare you? No, no, not at all. Okay. <laughs> No, <laughs> you're right. No, it's not scary. No. It's it's goofy, but it's like it's I it's one of those horror movies that I feel like it's too it's playing it too straight to the point of it not being goofy enough, you know? Uh The story is straightforward for the most part. I would say that I guess the script, if I had to decide, is the borderline most competent part. 
all of the technical stuff is bad enough to make it pretty amusing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's just like whoever has directed this like had no fucking clue what they were doing. None. The editor himself, as you said, was being paid by Doritos, so it's like you don't give a fuck. Yeah, so um, I wouldn't say a pieces level masterpiece of a disaster, but you know, almost Jack Frost or so. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was enjoyably bad. It wasn't frightening. Yeah, um, there's there's things out of it that I I definitely kind of enjoyed, like the the fucking um the maid. That shit was like <laughs> I was like. That's so good. That's that's unfortunately so smart for the. That's too smart for this movie. <laughs> I loved her so much. I was like, come back, and I was like, obviously you can't because you're the only one who's not a fucking idiot, right? She's like, I'm out. See you later. I don't even want to stick around for the twist ending. I guess she technically drunk drove out of there too. <laughs> but um, I feel like if I had caught this when I was little. I would have found it, like, fairly frightening because you're not as, like, sophisticated as, like, noticing shit that looks tacky in movies when you're little. Well, you know, there's, I mean, there's certain things that you would have also noticed a little bit more so when you were younger over the story, so. Yeah, obviously there's a lot of sex stuff. Do you ever think it's weird how much sex stuff is in horror movies? Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes, like, yeah. I feel like it has to be not a good thing that a lot of young men, like, the first thing that they get exposed to is sexuality is in horror movies. Because it's a lot of, like, oh, yes, that's very pleasing with, like, now something awful's happening, (laughs) but I'm still hard. Who knew that basically old school horror was playing a role in abstinence? Yeah, I don't I don't know. There's just something weird about that. <laughs> well, it's I know role. why there's it's, like it's... there's tons of sex in it. It's because it's it's all marketed towards um young men for the most part. Right, right. With right, a few right. key exceptions. And because it's like, oh, well like if the acting's not good, that that's something that like <laughs> it's, it's will a make bonus. people happy at least. Right, yeah, where it's just like, okay, like we got to make sure to deter people's attention away from the terrible acting, so pop those shirts off. Yeah, I didn't think the actress in this was good. In fact, she was quite awful, but I could see why she would want to do this movie because she got to attempt to do a lot of things that I bet a lot of other movies wouldn't really let her even try to do. Yeah, for sure. So... I read that she won a Saturn Award for this movie, and I was like, that's fucking crazy. That sounds like a lie, but, I mean, who am I to oppose? Yeah. All right, so, uh, Vinny, if you were any character in this movie, who would you be? Um, oh boy. I guess I would probably end up being, like, that guy that was chasing her because she stole that painting. Because, you know, on your good laurels, you got to stop that lady from fucking shoplifting. Like, what the fuck? I would definitely be the maid. Because if I saw that stuff, (laughs) I would also be like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. I'm not dealing with this. Yeah, for sure. Untimely death. But you know what? At least I'm going down on my morals. Yeah. Bring that painting back, lady. It's not not mine to sell. (laughs) 
What is your gifable moment of so many? Oh man, it's him in the bathtub. <laughs> it's that fucking face in the bathtub. <laughs> uh, mine is probably the look he gives. <laughs> I don't even remember where when it is, but it's uh whenever she has the demon face, and I said it looks like he, he's scoping out the dick. That's the one. Oh. <laughs> Whereas he's just like a little agape and like not happy about it. Yeah, it's a pretty good one. All right. Well, Vinny, is there anything else that you want to say about Mausoleum? Uh, no, not really. I Again, though, thank you, John and Chris, for emailing in. We really appreciate you guys reaching out to us. And uh, yeah, you know, f- we hope that we did this justice, that this was everything you dreamed it could be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was really what was important to me is to make sure that we at least set forth to, you know, give people a good time to listen to this episode, regardless of what we really thought of this movie or not. I still think we had a lot of fun. Yeah, and John and Chris, if there's anything you feel like we didn't capture about this movie or something that we said that you felt uh, was not quite right, please feel free to write in again. Tell us your thoughts on Mausoleum again. Yes, yeah, see, folks, this is what happens when you email in. You get rewarded. You get appreciated. You ha- you might get an episode out of it. So, like, you know, what's the fucking harm in uh, shooting us an email? Yeah, and Vinny, if they did want to email us, where could they reach us? They can email us at our email address. Wow, I had a brain fart there. You can email us at our... Wow, I did it again. Holy shit. You can email us at D-I-S-Y-P-O-D at gmail.com. That's D-I-S-Y-P-O-D at gmail.com. And we did actually get an email this week. What? You told me before we did? You lied. (laughs) I did. (laughs) All right, go ahead. So this email comes from our buddy Josh, who we actually just had on. So... He, he he uh he subjects thanks for the ride lady mm-hmm. um he goes hey guys i just wanted to write in and say how much i really enjoyed the ma episode that josh guy is really funny and sexy i really hope he comes back for another episode soon It probably would have went over better if you didn't reveal it was him until the end of that fit. Yeah, whoops. I ruined the joke. Yeah, oh, well. No, you mausoleum directed this joke. <laughs> I did. Shit. And green eyes. <laughs> In the meantime, I came up with the revised Anywho and DISY logo. I made them really big, so if you want to use them for on merch... Uh, I'm sure they will size up and down really well. Have a great week, dudes. Definitely not Josh from the Shouldn't Shouldn't Be This Hard podcast. Oh, wink. <laughs> All right, well, wink right back at you, Josh. Vinny, how was... Uh... Not Josh, not Josh. <laughs> not Josh, wink, Yeah, wink. see, he, look, see, he turned it around, man. It's not... So this random person then sent us two images of fan work that was made by Josh initially. So I don't know. Is this uh thievery? Could be. Now, listen, obviously Vinny, you and I both enjoyed having Josh on. 
and mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure we will again at some point in the future. If mm-hmm. you liked the the episode with Josh, please let us know at uh, the aforementioned "Did I Scare You?" Uh, email. And Finn, did you tell them if where people could check us out on Instagram and Twitter? Uh, you can check us out on our Twitter at DISYpod, and our Instagram is Did I Scare You Podcast. Okay, so yeah, please do that. And uh, Vinny, it's come to the time of the week where you get to tell us what we will be watching next week. So what is the movie you will be selecting? So I'm on a kick because mm-hmm. I really I really enjoy paying it forward to the people who have reached out to us. And, you know, I feel like it's time to start giving back to some of our fans and start really hunkering down on some of these suggestions. And you picked one. Now I'm going to pick one. And I'm going to pick one from, actually, our uh, longtime listener, Cousin Paul. Is a while ago, he sent in an email, and he said that a good movie that he think that I would enjoy to pick would be a little movie known as Splice. This is an appropriate pick for you for reasons you don't know yet. Vinny, have you seen <laughs> Splice before? I haven't. Okay, I have. <laughs> okay. And he's right. It's going to be a good episode. <laughs> I I cannot wait. All right, uh, Vinny, <laughs> I don't suppose you looked up where someone could see Splice if they wanted to. It said Amazon Prime, so hopefully there. I don't know if it was updated or not. Okay. This is like a 2009, 2010 movie? 2009? I got it. Yeah, it's nine. Okay, yep. Starring Adrian Brody and Sarah Polly. So, yeah, uh, watch Splice and then uh, check back with us next week. And uh, we will find out if that's enough to scare us, Paul. So, uh, a thank you as always to Rebel Escape Pod for letting us use their song Monster for our intro and outro. Vinny, is there anything else you uh, want to get to this week? No, that's about it. Yeah. Uh, I hope you enjoyed. All right, yeah. Uh, you have been listening to Did I Scare You? And I have been your host, Jake Albrecht. And I'm his co-host and little brother, Vin. And uh, hey, thanks for the ride, lady. How you doing, lady? Yeah.